welcome to We Drink and We Watch Things. Or if you're coming back, welcome back to We Drink and We Watch Things. This is our second episode, hopefully, we hope. Uh, And if you haven't met us before, I'm Mackenzie. My name's Lamar. And uh, we're here because we like movies. I feel like that's probably obvious, but we uh, we watch a lot of movies, especially yeah, especially this month. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is a this is a, a tight schedule month, including for you know this this gig. Sorry to give you quite the list uh, of movies to watch, but yeah. So this this month obviously was kind of our kickoff, which is my favorite month, Halloween spooky season. Obviously, the best time to pick up kick off a podcast, but we also specifically wanted to have a, an extra special Halloween edition. Like the multiple Halloween edition. Multiple. We think. <laughs> yeah, this is our, I guess this is our our second Halloween edition, but this is going to come out on Halloween. So this okay. is the extra, extra special one. Um, and so this week, what we wanted to do was uh, talk about a, a top, 10 movie list that's kind of not a top 10 well there's yeah what we found is there are there are plenty of lists out there uh Mm -hmm. if you google top 10 halloween movies or october movies you're gonna get all sorts of different lists and you know we had brainstormed during our last episode that that would be something we should go through a list and you know sort of evaluate it and we had lots of options and you sent me one that was the most divisive thing i've ever (laughs) seen and <laughs> I had strong feelings about it myself. Yeah. Also, I think I sent it to you mid reading the list because it was here. We were live mm-hmm. and I was like, I had not gotten spoiler, uh, not a spoiler. I should say I had not gotten to number one yet, for mm-hmm. example. And we will all be alarmed by what that is. Yeah. And so, yeah, as we were together reading this list, we were having some strong reactions, which we thought would would make for the perfect conversation. Really, yeah, The initial thought was, you know, screw this. This is a terrible list. We're this not going to talk about this. And then the more that I thought about it, I was like, well, that'll make for a pretty entertaining yeah. episode. And I to, you know, I will say that. I ended up not hating everything on the list. And it's not even that I hate. It's just, you know, it doesn't crack my personal top 10. And not even that, but just I don't think it should be. Some of them I don't think should be in anybody's top 10. But this person at CBS, I guess, decided they're in theirs. Well, yeah. Well, we have a lot of opinions about this. And um, we're extra grateful at this time for our drink of the week. Oh, yeah. Because uh, we have, we're going to need it to get through this one. And actually, this is normally my shtick, making the cocktails. But uh, Lamar volunteered this week. What did you make us? Uh, yeah, so the reason I volunteered, this, this week's mine because it's only three ingredients. Uh, it's a peanut butter <laughs> chocolate old-fashioned. Discovered this at a bar called Dumont's Down Low in downtown Austin. And Shout started making it. Awesome. Started making it at home. So it's really simple. You need a shot of your favorite bourbon or whiskey. I wouldn't use anything too high end because then I guess you're diluting good whiskey. But also a shot of screwball, peanut butter whiskey, Mm -hmm. and then a few dashes of chocolate bitters. You can get those pretty much in any, you know. It's like drinking candy. I told you this earlier. It's got a little sting to it, but the the peanut butter and chocolate is a little too too much. Well, I also love bourbon and whiskey in general. So like I can I can take the hit, but it's it's like drinking candy. And what's funny, too, is that this is how, you know, I date a bartender. I told him like before I had this half out of my mouth, he was like, so is he using screwball? Hell yeah, I'm using screwball. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) apparently so. So he knew it immediately, but it's delish. I'm I'm a big fan. So thank you for volunteering this week. Anytime. Again, I'm going to throw it back. We might have to pause to make another with this list yeah i'm going through this quickly so we should start talking more in depth to be yeah to be honest before we get a little too drunky to keep talking about it so speaking of the list 
Okay, as we said, we picked it because it's controversial. But let's talk about like how this fucker sourced this list because I think that's one of the biggest reasons it's so controversial. Yeah. Like it's from another list. Yeah. So this we found on CBSnews.com. Very reputable, I guess, depending on where you lean politically, a very reputable if news. If you don't think CBS is reputable, yeah. you probably are so, not listening to this podcast. You know, so uh, we found this and it was like, okay, CBS made a list. No, you go to this and, you know, I'm sure we'll find a way to link this out from social media if people want to see it for themselves. Sure. But it, the caveat at the very beginning is, well, we made this list based off of a bigger list from our sister site. Yeah. E online. It's like, okay, an entertainment channel that kind of makes sense, or like a e sure, like entertainment yeah. blog, I guess. Uh, and then you get even deeper into it, and they say, well, we made it a point to include both family films for the for Halloween and you know the best horror movies of all time. So not necessarily just films that had had to do with Halloween. It's like, okay, I'm still pretty much on board. I like a little bit of a variety. And then you read a little further and they caveat again with you know, we also only wanted to put movies on here that are currently streaming. And the problem is this article, let me see, was written... 2021. Uh, 2021. Yeah. So, newsflash, Joel. Um, you might want to update. Changed. Yeah, <laughs> things have changed. A lot has changed in the world since 2021. I, also, I really want to email him now and be like, how would you change this list, Joel, Joel, whatever the hell your name is? <laughs> J-O-A-L, if jo you want to write an email. J-O-A-L, if you want to know. Because, yeah. yeah, I also, one, I own an alarming amount of movies, which, yeah. you know, I have a wall of 600 plus movies. Mm -hmm. It's not including digital copies. And a couple of these I did not own. And I, this is a particularly favorite genre of mine. And then they were not streamable. Like some of these yep. I had to pay for. I was super thankful for my Amazon slow shipping credits this week, <laughs> I will say, because I was like, all right, I'm going to use that digital credit to rent this. For the record, I too paid for all of the <laughs> movies that I couldn't stream. Every last, I paid money, cash, American dollars. Um, Nothing illegal or untoward happened no. at all. Uh, and also, this is going to be a favorite running joke of mine in the podcast, because every time Mackenzie references her movie wall, she points <laughs> to not only can you not see it because this is a podcast spoiler, but it's also on the other side of a wall. So even I can't see it. So she's pointing. Listen, you know where it is. It's like an altar. You should show some respect. And, you know, for those of you who can't see it, yeah. same thing, social. We're going to share it with you there because you have you deserve to see the gloriousness of this wall. OK, well, praise be, praise be. Uh, but so we, we went through this list individually. We don't really and the deal was we were going to decide on our own, hey, which do you agree with? Like, yeah. which are in your top 10? For me personally, when I made mine, it wasn't just my favorite 10 scary movies or even my favorite 10 Halloween. Like, I wanted a bit of, I wanted to keep that variety. So I kept a couple movies, I added new ones, and I wanted a little bit of comedy, a little bit of horror, a little bit of family friendly. So that was the route that I took. But then Mackenzie, you also in your time did your own. Yeah. So I did my own list, but I also did. So I did like basically here are egregious offensive ones on this list, <laughs> just essentially how I felt about it. And I started to just replace those. And then, of course, I couldn't stop, basically. It was more like, okay, but this one's missing, but this mm -hmm, one's missing. Mm -hmm. So it really was very uh, gut instinct. I will not say at all that it was comprehensive because I still at this moment feel like I am missing something. And maybe you'll bring it up, in which case I will feel such relief. But uh, yeah, I have kind of a hodgepodge of a list of like, depending on time, we, we may or may not get to them all. <laughs> yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through each movie on this list. Did we decide? I mean, 
do you just want to go from 10 to 1 or do you want to split it into family movies versus horror? It's really your call. I think the family movie idea is great. I think we should start with the family ones, mostly because those are some of the ones I find egregious. Okay. So let's knock them the fuck out Okay. as far as I'm concerned. So let's not go in order. We, we'll tell you the ranking that they are uh, as we go through them. And also, again, we'll share this on social so you can see it in order if you're OCD like me. I completely understand. <laughs> um, but I will say, like, I'm just going to kick it off with the one that I feel like I I just first of all you're going to be shocked at the things that I haven't seen on this list oh my, I think because goodness. generally I see most things. Um but this one maybe not so much but this one particularly I hated was Halloween Town. And I feel like that is going to offend a lot of people I don't care. I don't care if you are offended right now, if you are triggered. I watched Halloween Town for the first time. For the first and time. And I did not enjoy myself. I hated it. I did not enjoy myself. Here's my thing. You, that was like a Disney Channel kid thing. You know what I mean? Like that was definitely mm-hmm. a Disney Channel movie. And we did not have cable. Okay. I was watching right. pa- Pink Panther re- front reruns for 20 years. I don't know what was on the Disney Channel at any given time. But when I looked it up, it was like Disney Channel presents. And I was like, oh, this is why I haven't seen this shit. And by the way, it's shit. Also, the disrespect of Debbie Reynolds being in this movie. <laughs> The, that actual queen on earth. Miss Singing in the Rain herself. Miss Singing in yeah. the Rain herself. Singing and dancing. She is a bad bitch. And she's she's playing like a borderline senile old woman in Halloween Town who just like believes the evil mayor and whatever. Like anyway, I hated it. It was two hours of my life. I'll never get back. Yeah. To me, if you like Halloween Town, if you, okay. If you liked Halloween Town when you were a child. It means you were probably rich because your parents could afford Disney Channel. Uh, and it also means that your parents wouldn't let you watch real scary stuff or even, you know, we're going to get into some of our suggestions. And I think some of mine are more like, OK, these are family, not family friendly, but kids movies that are scary. But like that a kid could watch, right. you know, and that's the thing. Like, why is this so kitty? You know what I mean? Like, again, yeah. like, you don't have to. I don't know. You just you don't have to patronize people. This is so like just cheesy and silly and predictive and blah blah Mm -hmm. and i don't know i mean i I need to survey my friends and or come at us in the comments did you love halloween town when you saw it as a kid because i don't feel like even little Mackenzie would have liked this i think little Mackenzie would have hated this i was literally live tweeting this i told you this earlier and the rage in these notes like it gets progressively worse also the main character girl marnie this is, I think she's like reason number 5,000. A lot of my friends were brats when they were kids. That girl is a little brat. <laughs> she is spoiled. Single parent household, oh giving her mom hell. God. Yeah. Shitting just all like over talking, her brother, like being just smart. The, just the smart. They said something I haven't heard in forever, but it was so accurate. The smart Alec. Yeah. Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah. Like, yeah. My parents called Alec. me that when I was a kid. I remember. Me too. And I was like, God damn it. I hate that I relate to my parents in this moment. <laughs> but they were so right. This girl is such a smart Alec. And I was like... I may have mom don't call in. I may have talked to my mom this way, but if I did, I definitely got smacked. Yeah. Okay. Now, we probably should have clarified this at the beginning, but I'm in full assumption that we're going to be spoiling the hell out of all 10 of these films on the list. Oh, my God. If you haven't seen Halloween Town and this is a spoiler, one, you're welcome. Yeah. Spoiler, (laughs) don't watch it. (laughs) Two, also, why are you listening? Again, we will say this again. Why are you listening to a movie podcast about movies you haven't seen? (laughs) But yeah, with Halloween Town, I think... 
there's two reasons why it would be okay to love Halloween Town. Number one, you were seven years old. That's and number two, <laughs> and not a minute older. <laughs> yeah, number two, you are six years old. Those are the two good reasons to love Halloween Town. And I'm sure if you have nostalgia and you're thinking, "Oh, I loved that when I was a kid," go back and watch it and tell me it doesn't feel like they saw "Are You Afraid of the Dark" and Goosebumps and were like, "Well, what if we made a Disney Channel version of this and dumbed down everything and made it less scary and had a few decent costumes, but not." really because everyone it looks like they just went to like one of those theme photo booths at a wedding and yes. it was like everybody grab a prop and they had a bunch of masks 100%. and that's what they this went looks to like. party city and bought these yeah. fucking costumes yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like this is some garbage production value the script is eh. mm-hmm. the, the actual plot is boring af they have a low budget steve carell as the mayor like i cannot <laughs> with this movie the only thing i liked about this movie was her nerdy fucking brother because they were talking about holidays, and I don't know if you caught this, but he was like, why don't you care about Arbor Day? Like, what's so great about <laughs> Halloween? One, I disagree with him about the Halloween situation, obviously, yeah. but adorable that this little fucking nerd loves Arbor Day. I was like, you and me both, kid? I literally hugged trees back then. Yeah, I'm down to make it a bigger holiday in his honor. I, I think by that point in the film, I might have been a little tuned out. I also that's felt like, like the he was the only comic. Well, what? twenty minutes what? in, that sounds about right, honestly. <laughs> uh, but he was providing a lot of the comic relief. But the problem was the actor wasn't that great, and it's not his fault. He's a child. Yes. But the delivery, I was like, okay, some there's a writer who's trying really hard to make it was this a funny Disney Channel movie with Disney yeah. Channel actors. The yeah. per- only professional in this whole fucking thing was Debbie Reynolds, and I'm disappointed in her for doing it. You right. know? They also ripped off, like to your point, they ripped off a bunch of stuff. There was like Mary Poppins vibes mm-hmm. about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this, I, timing-wise, this doesn't actually line up, but the bus also reminded me of the night bus in, yeah. in, in Harry Potter. Yep. But obviously they did it so much better in Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just like, I just thought, yeah, the quality was shit. So again, even just from a streamability perspective, it's on Disney Plus and you have to pay for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So it's not super streamable. So weird reason to be on this list. Yeah. Two, I just think it's like it's family for family's sake. It's not even the best Halloween family movie. You know what it is? You know how people always I know some people who love these ironically, but people always shit on Lifetime movies. This is <laughs> the Lifetime. It should have been the Lifetime Halloween movie. If that doesn't summarize this like in a nutshell, I don't know what will. That's super true. That yeah. is super accurate. Oh, Lifetime movie is the worst. Like the most watered down. Like, let's yeah. take something that works elsewhere and we'll just water it down and make it like mundane and boring. Uh, I, I think the twists were all fairly obvious. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this guy who's like giving candy to children and acting really weird about it. Oh, yeah, he's the bad guy, you know. Right. Um, so saw that coming. Anything else that did anything surprise you in it? Did you were you caught off guard by anything? Uh, just the power of the word grounded was alarming. You know, <laughs> do you remember grounded being she, like big froze deal? up? She's you shuddered. Like, she's like, yeah. she's like, oh, God, I'm grounded. And I was like, you yeah. have been such a fucking brat all the way up to now. <laughs> and grounded is what gets you. OK, yeah. well, I don't remember that. I was grounded all the time when I was a kid. So eventually not, you hardened up to it. Okay. Because I've just yeah, I'm just hardened to the prison that I lived in as a child for being a brat myself. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think the thing that surprised me the most that is one. It made this fucking list, obviously. Mm-hmm. But two, it's number nine. Yes, it's not yeah. even ten. Like, <laughs> like just an. It could have been an honorable mention. It could have like, been an honorable mention. It could have been ten. Like, when we talk about what ten is, I'm super offended. Actually, 
you know, I just I thought it was absurd. But yeah, it could have been an honorable mention, you know, for, again, the seven year olds who are online reading right. this list. It could be like, hey, are you ch- seven years old and reading this list? Here you go. This one's for you. And they go, oh, yeah, thank you. I was about to thank be like, you. what seven year old is online reading this list? And then I was like, every fucking seven year old has a tablet now. So yes. Just yeah. kidding. And they're all reading at this level. This and article is not very well. They're written. obviously Googling CBS articles. <laughs> <laughs> Top Halloween films for children. Yeah. We've given it too much credit to even discuss it for this long. But yeah, I think like of the family selections on this list, that was the one I hated the most. I'd agree with that. I did laugh a little bit to myself at the end. By that point, my girlfriend had walked out of the room like 45 minutes prior. So I was just watching this by myself, which yeah. was very depressing. She was like, I'm not yeah, doing She this was out. You. She was out. Uh, <laughs> but by the end, when it turns out, oh, the brother, we didn't really discuss the plot, but it's like a family of witches, right? But the brother right. is the, the, the son is the only one that doesn't have powers. And by the end, he gets powers too. And he's like a warlock, sorcerer, witch, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I thought this was going to be a very touching tale of a young man who doesn't understand the power of Satanism <laughs> until the very end. And then he gets on board with it, but he's a man of science. So then he discounts it and he's like, no, no, he's no. He's like, no, it's like an electromagnetic field yeah. and like shit happens. It's fine. So I and thought there was like some bigger metaphor at play, but I think that was just me trying to justify yeah. spending 90 minutes on you this. You were like, this is going to have an emotional payoff. This is going to be a cathartic experience. And then it and then it shit, shit all over you. <laughs> so what are you going to replace? I guess if we want to get into that, if you had to. Pick a replacement to take Halloween, not not about being number nine, but just overall, what's something you would throw on the list that's not there? Like Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's Hocus an obvious Pocus one. Hocus Pocus yeah. is a perfect family Halloween movie that is a fucking classic, mm-hmm. you know, and is frankly disrespectful to not be on this list. And also, I think is also streaming on Disney Plus. So even if you want to use streaming rules, right. like that's where it is. So, yeah, I just think it's a very silly one to be omitted at all, but especially in replace of this one. And I think that, yes, there's like some what I love about Hocus Pocus is that it has some adult references that as you watch them as a, as an adult, you definitely catch them. Mm-hmm. But when you watched it as a kid, it's just a fun Halloween flick and it's not like anything inappropriate the effects aren't crazy it's not scary you know it has some like scary-ish scenes here and there none of them are outrageous i just feel like it's the perfect plug-in for something like that if you want a family-friendly halloween movie yeah and so obviously guys listeners as we go on you're going to hear us mention films and the ones that we suggest clearly didn't make the top 10 on this list so it gives you a reason to get angrier and angrier as you're listening um if i had to pick one and i actually I tried to make a correlation between the movie that I removed from this top because some of them I did agree with. So yeah. the movie that I pulled out and said, I don't want to see this or necessarily every October, I tried to replace it with something similar. So you're going to see some parallels in my okay. picks. For Hall- a lot more thoughtful with this than e- I was. Okay, got it. <laughs> but for Halloween Town, I had such disdain that I was like, you know what? Halloween Town, I'm specifically going to make it a point to replace this Disney Channel bullshit with the Rocky Horror Picture Show (laughs) because that is the opposite of Disney Channel. I'm like, let's just have a 90 minute other end of the spectrum, you know, a 90 minute musical that's basically all about fucking that is I'm down. I also respect that choice. You know, I think that's a great that's a great substitute. And it's one that is not, yes, again, not on this list, also disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I feel like I should give that a goog, but 
I mean, think it's on Hulu right now. I think it? it's on Hulu currently. I d- but notice I said currently, so that yeah. way if somebody hears this podcast two years from now, they don't like direct Joel scream yeah. Lamar for telling him <laughs> the wrong thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's fair. I think that's a really good. Let's just pendulum swing, cool. go the other way. Yeah, and you know, hit them where it hurts. Basically, yeah. No, Halloween Town sucked. And either of those, I think, would be a solid replacement. Um, but I think the other one on the list that that I also would rip off this list, uh, just jumping around to, is still a family one, but like less family e than this one, The Witches. Okay. This might be where we differ a little Ooh, bit, but let me hear okay. your take. Okay. I need this out of my life. And it's not because, like, uh, listen, I respect the shit out of Roald Dahl. I love Matilda. I was Matilda as a mm. child. So let's have a whole episode about the gloriousness of Matilda. But this movie, I, and I haven't seen the remake, so I'll also asterisk that there. Maybe the remake does a really good job of it. I haven't seen it either. So Okay, so yeah. I don't know. But I will say that this version I really didn't like. The only thing I love about it is Angelica Houston is brilliant. As yeah. Her I mean, she's always awesome. She's always incredible. But I also felt like it was cheesy. It was like the plot was weird. The acting was meh. The production value was meh. The The mice were real cute. Yeah. Like, I thought the mice were really cute. I'm a sucker for anything. Sloppy. I like that the entire basic third act of the film takes place as mice. As That's, mice. And like little animatronic, not animatronic, like, puppets, I guess. Right. But yeah. like, they're pretty cute. They do a pretty good job yeah. of that. And so I do like them, you know, kind of like Stuart Little vibes, you know. I don't right. know. It was real cute but i i just don't didn't like the movie on the whole and i thought like the acting was weird and even the origin story was weird and i I don't know i also thought it was surprisingly um gory i don't even know i was fine with that you've got jim henson on this i don't know if you knew that doing the special effects and the makeup and the costumes and stuff so for me i'm not gonna go out of my way and say like oh this is one of my favorite films it did not make my top my top 10 in this case but re-watching it today i was like god i haven't seen this since i was a kid but it's like i forgot how scary some parts were like if i was a child yeah. watching them take off their wigs and face that was, that super was gross. yeah that was yeah. really gross but i'm like that's what children's like halloween film should be it's like this is fun and whimsical but it's also kind of scary but you had seen this before right so i had not Okay. This is another surprise, I think. I had not ever seen this before, and I don't know what it originally came out on or whatever. No. I mean, it's like right in my era. I should have seen it. Yeah. Um, But I just never did. And so I think that's where I was like, huh, I don't get it. You know, yeah. I yeah. just don't. I don't vibe with it maybe it's a nostalgia thing yeah but i did think that the 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 makeup quality and things were really well done they just grossed me out it was just i just found it gross i mean that sounds like a personal problem it is a personal (laughs) problem but also like there were some other things that were really like uh the the guy uh bruno's dad yes Hits the shit out of the grandma. Like, I mean, like, just calls her a crazy lady. And well, I mean, to be her. fair, he's terrifying his wife. She's terrifying his wife with mice in a purse and think. So I would probably but think like, she was a little off her rocker as but well. We, like assault people that we think are a little crazy or do we just like walk away and deescalate? I don't know. Just I'm in the do, middle of a court case right we, now, so I can't comment <laughs> on that question. But 
<laughs> whatever you said. Oh, it was such a product of the times, though, I think, honestly. But yeah. one of the things I thought was so funny is how fucked this hotel is after this situation. <laughs> I was like, thank God there's, this is not in the era of Yelp. Like, there's people like, would be ruined. <laughs> yeah, just uh, so many hundreds of mice running around this building. And not to say that regular mice aren't sentient, but these are even more sentient mice and uh, yeah. And I just love what I also thought was a little cute, I will say, is like how he was just like, I'm cool with being a mouse. It's, it's fine. Like, yeah. Out of I, gate, he's I just forgot like, about like that's the, how that played out. And I couldn't remember. I was like, does he get turned back? I feel like he does. But then they jump forward in time and he's still a mouse. and He yeah. seems happy. But then he's like, he he says he's happy being a mouse. And his reasoning and Bruno's reasoning are like, no more school. You know, they're like, hey, we don't have to go to school anymore. And if I had seen this when I was a kid, the little fucking nerd in me would have been like, what? They don't get to go to school anymore? That like, I would have been terrible. devastated by that information. Well, it's a good time. thing this came out before Stuart Little then, because by the time Stuart Little came out, mice were being forced to go to school. So. Which is rude, really. Yeah. But he, at least he had some cute outfits. He had some some cute first day of school outfits in Stuart. Yeah, Lowe, so I mean, it's that it's good that over time mice began getting rights in this country. <laughs> I think that 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 that's very telling to look through that it in cinema. It is an important aspect of the civil rights movement. I think <laughs> honestly is the the rights of mouse of mice. But I think also the other thing too is that he does get changed back at the very very end by the like witch who was mistreated the whole movie yeah. and then what, like got kicked out right before right. they all ate the soup and. But also they imply throughout that like all witches are just bad. And I think that was right. the other reason I didn't like this movie is I have a strong affinity for witches. I have mm-hmm. friends who are witches, you know, mm-hmm. like and they're they're making kind of a mockery of what witches really are. And I get that. This is very tropey and it's like a Halloween. And movie. it's 1990. And it's yeah. 1990. Like we're going to yeah. make fun of witches. I, yeah. I totally get it. But why the whole movie are there only bad witches? And then at the very end, she's a good witch. And I'm like, okay, so she's just switching gears. And even her powers, like, I don't know if you noticed, like, the color Mm -hmm. of her doing her spell was green instead of purple. Oh, okay, okay. Light, whatever. So I just was like, okay, so we've switched gears and all of a sudden witches are good. Or just this witch is good. I don't know. But the other thing that was so weird to me, and it's, like I said, in my little fucking live tweeting here. In all caps, I said, did I just see a little kid's down under? Did you uh, see that when he that transformed shot? back into a human? Yeah. It's like, it's like a little too close for comfort. I've also never heard someone call it the down under. Because I didn't know what to appropriately call <laughs> it. Yeah, I don't want to dwell on it. For areas that I don't even want to talk about. I was like, what do I call this that won't get me arrested? First uh, of undercarriage. Of undercarriage. <laughs> It's like anything from like 200 years ago, you can get I away with. I do not yeah. want to see this child's anything without clothes on. And it was, you was not clothed. You I know? realized they were, they were playing pretty fast and loose with that. They were. And I was like, and I just, and then it ends, of course. And I like, that's my literal last note in this movie. I was like, what just happened? So no, I would rip this off this list okay well i've got like okay this is sort of like a deep cut only for you know folks who are familiar with the witches or want to give it a rewatch i personally think if you saw it as a kid it's worth a rewatch for me the nostalgia factor is there i don't think it's a brilliant film but i was remembering the things that scared me when i was a kid and i think that that at the very beginning 
Well, first of all, I thought that his grandmother was also going to be a witch. I thought she was going to be a good witch, to your point of like, why aren't there good and evil? And that's why she was, yeah, why does she know all this backstory? Why is she, you know, I I guess because her friend or whatever, and that's what I was referencing was in the beginning, they talk about the friend that gets dis- like right. disappears and gets put into the painting and then slowly grows old and dies in the painting. Which is like, some gnarly as a kid, shit. That's okay, Halloween Town. Take a goddamn cue from this because that is how you scare a child. This you know? is very rolled doll, though. Like he hates yeah. adults <laughs> and he makes crap that they do really bad and really gnarly, like abusive, you know? Yeah. And so that that vibe with his style to me, but it was still gnarly. I was yes. like, damn, we're just gonna watch her die in a painting. Yeah. And they have to like go through their whole lives with that. Just watch her <laughs> die in a painting. Uh, but getting back to my my original before I went on this tangent was the deep cut I was referring to. For those of you that are going to rewatch or you know are familiar with it, there is a weird talking about you know the kids, you know the naked kid at the end mm. when they are in their convention and she's talking about uh bruno is gonna come in Mm -hmm. and like eat his child or start to transform into a mouse first off that seems terrifying as well like all the visual effects are incredible in this the whole when they start turning into mice and things the the all that's great but when he comes in and walks up and says you know give me my chocolate bars or whatever angelica huston is doing something i don't know what she's doing with her body I don't know what oh my God, her Nick, directorial so advice was. It is alarming. <laughs> she is. She is convul- gyrating. Yeah, There's convulsing no- and like excited. And I'm wondering what the director said. Like, what? How do? How, what should I do in this scene? And he's like, just fake an orgasm. And it's like, yeah. what the f- is no, going on? She was literally. I was yeah. like, okay, what is the weird dance about? Oh wait, it's not a dance. Ew. Yeah. Was like in my notes, it was very gross. <laughs> I mean, the fact that she played Morticia Adams, you know. That's she carried some of that into this. I don't, I don't know which one came before the other, but uh, there's a little bit of that going there on. There was definitely some of that vibes. But so this was ranked number five mm-hmm. on this list, which, again, I found offensive. Personally, I would yank it out. Um, but so would you leave it on the list? Would you change its ranking? Like, what are your thoughts? I would I would take this off my list. Now, mm-hmm. I still think that if you have, you know, eight to ten year olds that want a scary movie, that's still semi-family, something along the lines of Hocus Pocus. Uh, this is probably scarier than Hocus Pocus, but not as charming as Hocus Pocus. Sure. I think this is a great, you know, family watch. It wouldn't make, it wouldn't crack my top 10. And when I was thinking of replacements, I was like, well, what can I throw in there? Hocus Pocus was one of the ones that popped into my mind. That's, again, I like it. Not one of my personal favorites, but I do enjoy it. So I ended up going with another one that's kind of fun, kind of family friendly, but also a little scary. And I went with Beetlejuice. Think, oh, yeah, I think that is a good yeah. choice. Well, That's not you. even on my list. That's one I knew there were like ones that I was still missing and forgetting, like I said. And that's yeah, that's a good one. And I that's, like that one a lot. That it also, you know, there's a little bit of a correlation in sort of the special effects and in, you know, the makeup and the masks and the different monster, the creature yeah. creations in that. I think you get both, but I think Beetlejuice is the better film. So I'll throw that on my 100%. top 10. I think that's a really good replacement. It has like similar vibes for sure, but uh, it's just a better story and it's well done and i still find that really enjoyable to to watch and to listen to of course yeah. it's like a fun sound and the musical is coming to austin in february so Ooh, free advertisement for them I what about you say plug what are you going with i don't really have a direct replacement i didn't really like plan accordingly like one for one okay, so i can't well, say I have give a us one on your list then but one of my other one well i have a bunch on my list so yes we'll take any excuse to plug something else but i would definitely like i said i would rip it out personally but 
One of my favorite, uh, again, this is not a one for one. This is going to feel like a hard left turn. Um, but one of my favorite Halloween movies that's not captured really, I think, anywhere on this list is, or anything like it, I should say, is The Shining. Okay. Like, yep. why is The Shining not on, involved at all? Right. It's a classic. I love anything Stephen King. That, obviously, that film in general is obviously beautifully done and, like, beautifully shot. And it's such an eerie, fun story, like, interesting and creepy and psychological. Like, just all right. my favorite things about something that's supposed to be scary is, yeah. like, The Shining. Yeah, I think it's one of the best horror films of all time. Oh. It doesn't make my October list just because my girlfriend and I agreed. Janelle is my girlfriend's name. I feel like I should just so I, I don't have to say, say my girlfriend now. all yeah. the time. Uh, but Janelle and I agree that we like watching that one in December when it's cold outside because uh, the yeah, entire because theme of like isolate. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a Halloween film for me. So it's not that I don't think it's one of the best horror films ever made, but doesn't make my but October you want cut it to be like you're embedded. Smoke. Right, right. I, all that I, snow I, we get in Austin. Yeah, all that <laughs> snow. All that snow we're going to get down here in the south. Hey, we've had a freezer too, you know? Yes. Oh, sorry, the PTSD just kicked in. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. I think it's such a good one. But I, I do I do try to watch. I'm. That's one of those movies that's just so good, though, mm -hmm. that like it defies a period for me. Like it's not a Halloween movie. It's yeah. not just a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's just a great, creepy horror movie. And... I just love ones that fuck with your head. Like, I just, I don't. You like, never really know what's going on yeah, with The Shining. Like, I don't like anything that's as straightforward as all that. Right. You know, like some of these other ones that we'll probably talk about. I, you know, I don't like the tropey Halloween mm -hmm. stuff. I like, like something that messes with your brain. And then yeah. you figure, sort, you leave it figuring it out, but not really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not really understanding what happened. And I, I like that. I, I think that know. actually you said there wasn't a correlation, but. There is a naked old lady in The Shining, and in this, there's like semi-naked old some... ladies, and also a naked child. <laughs> unfortunately, there's too much. They're equally, in the witches in general, yeah, I think, is the conclusion. Equally creepy, to. but I want to transition off of what you just said because you said Halloween and Christmas. So I think there is a logical transition to another one that made this list, which is Nightmare Before Christmas. So, what were your thoughts on that one? Nightmare Before Fucking Christmas. I. Can, does anyone not like this movie? That's my real question. Honestly, I don't think I've met someone who doesn't like this movie. And if they do, I don't want to meet them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. Like, you walked into my house. Again, not a visual medium. But my whole front yard this is, a podcast. is, night is not Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. I love Nightmare Before Christmas. I think it's brilliantly done. And it's such nostalgia. Um, and it is one, it made the list, which I thought was a good thing to begin with. I would have absolutely had it on my top 10. Okay. And it's number three, mm -hmm. which I respect, actually. I think it's a really, really good choice. But what did you think? Do you think it should belong here? So the about to rage against all things family. No, no, really like Nightmare Before Christmas. But I think the classic question is, is it a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? We could do a and whole fucking episode. Yeah, just I'm sure we that. will at some point. We actually have a list of movies we need to do that about. You know, we got a right. Die Hard conversation. We got a Harry Potter conversation. Yes. We got like the seasonal lineups. Do mm -hmm. they work? You know? Yeah. Uh, 
I think it's both has always been my argument. What do you think? I, I agree that it's both, but I think whether it makes your October top 10 list is really where your heart tells you. And for me, I'm going to say for me, I would rather watch it in December to give me a taste of what I'm already missing from October oh by the time October God. October 31st passes. Uh, you'll edit that little flub out. But um, right. Right. Maybe. OK, we'll see. We'll see. But so after October 31st is gone, I miss October already. And so I like saving it for December. So not to say it is not incredible. But for me, I didn't keep it on my list. So wait, are you that person who like got candy as a kid and like put it in the fridge and saved it and saved it and waited? Oh, no, like, I didn't have that kind of self-control. Like, no, yeah, like you sound very yeah. disciplined to me right now. No, because... my Halloween candy was gone in like two days. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah same. So I don't yeah. understand how you could wait till Christmas <laughs> to watch this fucking movie. I yeah. love it too much. I could not. I watch it both times of the year, though, I will say. Yeah, I, I think it, it. I think it's another one like Die Hard where it's like it's an action film. You could watch it anytime, but it's like I'm going to watch it. I, granted, it's set at Christmas, so I guess it's not a perfect, you know, but it's like I you watch that because movie. it's let's just it's anti everything else you're getting at Christmas time. But it's still a Christmas film. You it's know? super not a Christmas film. But <laughs> this is, in fact, I think a Christmas film and a Halloween film. And I watched it both, but it would for sure make my Halloween top 10. Absolutely. Okay. I think like. There's all kinds of reasons we can go into, but I think one of my big things is like Jack Skellington figures out where he belongs yeah. in the course of this movie. You know, like, yeah, yeah, he goes and he explores and he goes and has this little adventure and by the way, completely fucks it up. Um, but in that process, appreciates where he's from, what he's meant to do, what his real purpose is, where he belongs, all these things yeah. um, that I think are just make it more Halloweeny than Christmassy. If I had to, if I absolutely gun my head had to pick one, I would go Halloweeny. Fair. Um but I also think it just, yeah, contributes so well to the spooky vibes. I love the music. What's your favorite song from the soundtrack? I Put mean Sean Oogie Boogie. That's song. my go to, well, yeah. Here's the thing about me. Like I love villain songs, period. Villains always get the best yeah. songs. Yeah, poor unfortunate souls. Another example I can't think of, but Scar yes. Scar in Lion King. His, be, prepared? be prepared. Yes, yeah. Jeremy yeah. Irons. Like, oh, sing to me, mm. Jeremy. <laughs> I yes, always the villains have the best, so, the yeah. best yeah. bad guy songs. And so yeah, I would still say Oogie Boogie. I mean, the whole thing is beautiful. It's Danny Elfman mm -hmm. who's brilliant. Who weirdly, even though he did an incredible job, I don't know if you knew this, did not get hired to do Ed Wood with Tim Burton after this mm. because of this movie. Even though he did a great job, they had like creative differences making this. Oh. And kind of went separate ways. And so he did not do it. And have they ever worked together after I was that? trying to think about this later. I don't think so. Okay. I can't think of one where they did. They obviously like say glowing things about this movie about mm -hmm. one another but like i just think the process was very hard yeah. i also heard that working with tim burton in general in this film was really hard i mean he didn't yeah. direct it which is a common misconception a yeah. lot of people think he directed it right it was billed as you know tim burton's nightmare before mm -hmm. christmas and and but that was because disney was like we can't sell it as disney we have to sell it as tim burton's thing because and then it'll it's make sense. Yeah, why it's darker. Kiddo, yeah. You know, people. And I think it was even released through like Touchstone or whatever, like not them. No, well, I mean, it was yeah. them, but like, you know, they're not through Disney, especially. And, um, but yeah, Henry uh, Selick directed it. And I have never heard that name before. What else has he done? Uh, Coraline. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he has a similar style. And I think that's why Tim Burton asked him to do it. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, he couldn't do it. Well, Tim Burton couldn't do it because he was doing Batman. Okay. And I think it was, but that that's why there's a lot of contention, I think, on the film in general and why he was hard to work with. It's like he had like one foot in, one foot out. It was his story and it was his design and his characters and all these things, but he couldn't actually execute it. And right. I think that that made it really hard. But it still resulted in this very palpably Tim Burton type of film, you know? Yeah. But if you really think about it, it's, it's a Henry Zellick film as far as how it's directed, how it's produced, you know, all of that. Yeah. Um, and Danny Elfman does the voice of Jack, obviously. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of theirs too. So I'm flashing back to my decades spent working at Hot Topic. And this is not, that's not a joke. That's science. That's I feel a fact. like you want to like hair flip every time you say that. Like, just, but if the I hair that I have left, yeah, the hair that I have left, I will flip. But again, this is a podcast. You guys can't see this. But uh, yeah, I, I just remember, you know, we had the soundtrack every October. It would be added as part of the Halloween playlist. So I do associate it with Halloween, even though in my head it's a Christmas film. And I remember the just shit tons of merchandise for this that we would get every year in like mid-September. No, no, no. My point is that we would get a wall full of merch every September and that shit would sell from September through Christmas. Yeah. It's the perfect merchandisable movie. And then January, nearly all of it would be gone. So I completely understand why this is on the list. And I would not fault anybody who put it on their list because I think it's a great film. But for me personally, I don't watch it every October. That's why it doesn't make mine. Every October. I also, but another kind of like The Shining, I, I, Halloween lives in my soul. You know what I mean? I'll watch it all year long. So, but I also, if you think I don't have, Jack Skellington and Oogie Boogie Christmas ornaments, you would be wrong <laughs> because obviously it is also a Christmas movie. But I I respect but heartedly disagree with your assessment That's that fair. it should not be on That's this list. Fair. It's okay to be wrong. Like it is. It's okay. But what did you <laughs> what did you replace it with? So it was hard coming up with one. Originally I was like, well, if you want another wintry type movie, you go with The Shining, but we've already talked about that. The Shining also and why The Shining doesn't make my list. Uh but what is on your list? OK, sorry. I know. So, yeah, for like The Shining is one that I want to watch in December. Uh, but with it being a sort of poking and prodding around Halloween and the concept of like these different, you know, tropes and things that we do rituals and whatnot. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and replace this with The Cabin in the Woods. Because that one, relatively new, but that is a annual rewatch as somebody who's a huge... Oh, God. Let's fucking go. Oh, God. No, you didn't bring that one up and think that was going to be the end of that, right? (laughs) I hate that movie. Okay, guys. Well, like for Lamar's opinion and comment for Mackenzie's, and we'll get to the bottom of this real goddamn quick. I I know that I'm outnumbered here. Let's be honest. Okay, as long as you know that. I I understand some people will not enjoy this film. It doesn't have a great rating, to be fair. But I do. Really? No. Like, it doesn't have a great review. Like, because I've looked it up before, and it doesn't, well, dated information asterisk. When I've looked it up in the past. Are you talking like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb? Just reviews, yeah. Like, IMDb Rotten Tomatoes, I usually look at both of those, you know, whatever. What's and, what, what's your guess on what the over-under of the Rotten Tomatoes score for Cabin in the Woods is? I mean, I, when I last checked it, I mean, what I knew it was was like 56 when I I think it's higher last. than that. Yeah, let's, okay, guys, we're doing this in real we're time. Doing this live. All right. 
uh, but I do see. know. But so what I was going to say while you're looking that up is that I have every person that I have talked to about this, though, like on an anecdotal level, people that I know and friends that I know, they all like it. So I know that I am like in people wise on the audience meter, whatever you want to call it. I know that I'm outnumbered here. Okay, well, you're very outnumbered because the Rotten Tomatoes score critics are 92 percent. Really? And audience is 74. So okay. three out of four people. One one out of four is as nerdy as you and doesn't get it. Uh, and then I guess you could do IMDb, seven out of 10, I 70%. Love that nerdy means we don't, like, as nerdy as you doesn't get it. I'm every like, time, every nerdy. time you disagree with my opinions, I'm just going to throw an elementary school insult at you. But also, you know, that nerds do fundamentally fucking get it. That's the thing about us nerds is we get it. You don't get it. No, you don't get it. <laughs> Let's just really de-evolve this podcast into something that no one's going to want. Just no one wants to watch. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So Let's spin off of that because we have one more what I would consider that we want a family friendly option. Take it away because I'm I'm wondering where you're going with this. Okay. The only other one on here that I think that I saw I that mean, was like, kind of. Are you talking about removing it? Are you, the the next one I'm going to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go okay. Ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So the last family friendly slash children's option on this list, uh, coming in at number four is. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. What are your Again, thoughts? Again, we're going to fucking fight because I cannot believe you want to take this off this list. I watched it for the first time <gasps> yesterday. No. And I liked it, but this is I'm not sorry, quintessential what? viewing for me. I need sorry. a record scratch sound effect. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? No. You've never seen It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? I mean, I saw it yesterday for the first time as, I, as I've already that stated. That doesn't count. I'm so <laughs> upset right now. I did not expect... That to be the one you hadn't seen. Wow. Wow. Okay. I obviously have very strong opinions about this. So I'm going to let you get yours out. <laughs> uh, I don't. I honestly don't have super strong opinions. I think because I waited so long. If I had seen this when I was a kid, I would probably have that nostalgia factor for me that you were missing from the witches where I'm like, oh, I could see how this encapsulates so much about Halloween as a child. So I, I get it. an advertisement for nostalgia because I like <laughs> fundamentally do not understand like watching this movie and not being like just overwhelmed with joy. Yeah. I mean, I dug it. I thought that the I thought it was weird that the only costume in this town was a ghost and but the families were giving out handfuls of candy. So it's not a money thing. I was just uncreative children, I guess. These are very independent children. Like, show them some respect. True. They went out and they made their own costume. And it is 1966. 1966. Half the country was, like, anti-Halloween no at that point. parental supervision back then. Like, they barely remember they have children. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. yes, they will give you candy, but they're, like, in between the Manhattan, they go keep drinking. And anytime they talk to their kids, it's just... Wah, 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 wah. Exactly. Yeah. And these are the kind of parents I want in my life. Like, leave me the fuck alone. I'm gonna go get some candy. I'm gonna make a costume. I'm gonna hang out the pumpkin patch till 4 a.m. and you're not going to come get me like love everything about this <laughs> speaks to my independent soul but also i will say i will say obviously there is some nostalgia factor here but again it speaks to the power of nostalgia because it is so alien to me that somebody wouldn't watch this and just think it's perfection because it's like 25 minutes of joy first of all it's very short that was actually probably the main reason why i was like well if i'm talking about films i would like a little more if i'm only gonna yeah. get 10 i don't want to i watch a lot of tv halloween episodes mm -hmm. around october 
So I'll watch The Office, Halloween episodes, Parks and Rec, Community. There's a lot of great ones. Brooklyn Nine-Nine has some good ones. Uh, so I could throw this on there, but I wouldn't consider this a top 10 film of mine. Mm, maybe that's where it's coming that's in. That's maybe the best argument I've heard so far. Because <laughs> I otherwise, I, I cannot agree. But I do think you're right. It's short. Yeah. Um, but here's my question. Uh, have, did you watch like Peanuts stuff when you were a kid? Not really. Like, not I've always been really finicky with like animation. So I was never a huge anime kid. I wasn't even an Nickelodeon. Movie. It was show to show like different animations wouldn't get me. And Charlie Is Brown was one. Cable? It's cable, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I never saw it because it wasn't on a fucking antenna is what mm -hmm. I can tell you. So. Um, yeah, I, we, we are, I will say shout out to the Garcia clan. We are, we are peanuts obsessed. Like it is a thing in our family. I have a Snoopy clock, like a handmade custom made Snoopy clock with my name on it mm -hmm. that my uncle made me. Uh, we grew up on peanuts, everything. I have Charles Schultz's last comic framed like when he retired. Um, so yeah, I, we, so you got a little bit of bias. I on have this a lot one, just... of bias is what I am acknowledging right now for sure. <laughs> but I also just like, I don't know. I've never thought of this as particularly peanuts. Right. I've definitely thought about it as, as Halloween, but they also have, you know, a, the Christmas special and all these things that they're very famous for mm -hmm. as well. But um, yeah, I definitely have a Charlie Brown peanuts bias, a Snoopy bias. Yeah. I also love Lucy, which is a divisive opinion mm -hmm. to have in general so yeah i i think that's so strange i mean i get it i get it it's a short it's a short film it's not a film yeah but it's, it's impressive short. i will say that i think the, mo the thing i was most impressed by because i went into it being like there's no way this deserves to be taught like i just went into it with that oh, opinion yeah, but you the haven't seen it, you're like no but the fact that it's 57 years old at this mm -hmm. point and I still watched it and was like, okay, I'm enjoying this. It's this is cute. good. It's like, you know, I wouldn't put Wizard of Oz in my top 10 films of all time for me personally, mm. but it's like that shit that holds up does. and that's what makes it great, you know? So product of its time, Charlie Brown, 1966, there were jokes in here that I was like chuckling at and I'm like, this was aimed at adults. Like yeah. I'm imagining yeah. a family watching this and the adults getting some of the jokes about politics and religion and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of cool. Lucy's great with that stuff. She drops a lot of those jokes, you know, and she's yeah. like the resident psychiatrist. If you don't follow the comics at all, like she's the one psychiatrist <laughs> help five cents, you know? Yeah. Uh, and but she's like cutthroat too. But what I like about her in this particular one is she's very sh she's very sharp and edgy as she is in all of them. But she comes and gets Linus out of the pumpkin patch at four a.m. and puts him to bed, which I thought was super cute. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was a missed opportunity for some emo band at some point. You know, Fall Out Boy, Panic, the people who had really yeah. long song titles to not use the line that Charlie says in this. I might butcher it a little bit, but he says. I don't hate your dishonesty as much as I hate your opinion of me or something like that. <laughs> <It's> like, <that's, laughs> You're like, this is, this I'm like, is that is, come on, soul. MCR, like throw this into your Somebody goddamn lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Charlie Brown is such an emo character. Yeah. He super is like in general in the yeah. comics. I, he's an emo kid. And uh, yeah. he's like a 60 year old man in he's like a, a 10 year old body. Balding. Yeah. Like, I can't. And they make a joke about that in the film. Like, hey, be our model. And I was like, that's pretty funny. Like this poor kid. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I love it. I obviously think it deserves its place on here. I, I again asterisk. I agree with you that it's not a feature film, but I think if we're just looking at 
top 10 for Halloween. This is for sure on my list. I watch it every single year at yeah. Halloween. Um, so it's definitely on the list, if not even higher, potentially. I don't know. So, But for you, it sounds like it wouldn't be on the list. It wouldn't be on the list again, mostly because of runtime. Uh, not that I probably... I prob- I might actually add it to the October rotation and watch it every year now. So I did enjoy it's it. It's an easy 25 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. So I'll throw that on there. But as far as feature films go, this one was a tough one to uh, to substitute for because... Yeah, there's not a uh, lot like it. Yeah. So it, I'm just going to go with the fact that there's like a balding character in both. I think that's really all I have to go on here. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to go with Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> so uh, you got Simon Pegg there. You know, you get the zombie references and whatnot. Uh, it's lighthearted despite having, you know, people getting disemboweled in it. So I think it's silly at times and lighthearted. So you get the laughs that you would get of a Charlie Brown. It's the great yeah, pumpkin Charlie yeah. Brown. You do get you do yeah. get some of the same laughs, I think, actually, which is an interesting uh, cross genre appeal, you know, animated and now versus a live action zombie. And when we were talking about Cabin in the Woods, sorry to bring up a painful topic, but when you were talking about <laughs> it being meta and referencing itself, but not doing a great job of it, was this one of the other movies you had in mind that does it well? Or do you feel like this does the same thing Cabin in the Woods does? As far as Charlie Brown? No, no, no. Like Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead versus Cat. Because both of them okay. are super, like this and Cabin in the Woods, both very meta, both playing on tropes of the genre. Some parts predictable, some parts, you know, sent up for a laugh. maybe the difference for me, because I'm just, I've been trying to think this through as you've been talking about it too, is I think maybe the difference for me is that I knew that that should be funny when I started watching it. Right. You know, versus... I had no immediate reason to think that for Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. It's also written by a couple of folks who are not known for their comedy as far as Cabin in the Woods. It was um, Joss Whedon and he was one of them, but the other guy Brian too. something. Yeah. The guy that did Lost, right? Or no. I, think, I might be making that up. What is what was okay, let's just look. Let's just I don't Google be, I don't lots be of things. Let's see. Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard. I think he was a writer for the TV show was Lost. He? Yes. So I mean that kinda yeah. So if I he also I think didn't he do Jennifer's body? No, that was Diablo Cody. Oh, because okay. I just watched that a couple weeks okay, ago. Okay, okay. So, but anyways, like that vibe, I think makes it clear. There's a clear vibe when it's going to be comedy, even just from the trailers sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that was super clear from the trailer, even if there was like a token one liner. You know, it wasn't yeah. like, oh, it's going to be a comedy. So maybe that's the difference going into them. Yeah. Yeah, I think I went into Cabin in the Woods with people just telling me, don't look at any trailer, don't watch anything about it. Just go in and all I knew was, oh, it's a horror movie. So I went in with that and I was maybe again, it's just a matter of how much we both consider ourselves fans of the genre, because as somebody who went in being like, oh, this is going to be the same Mm -hmm. as like the 50 other films I've seen and having that like, you know, um, sort of turned around. And then for you, it was like you went in kind of wanting a scary movie and that's not what you got. I also I will say too to give Cabin in the Woods, I don't know, some modicum of credit. I, I'm i not easily scared by a lot of movies to begin with. Right. And so I don't particularly... That's part of, I think, why I don't generally like this genre is that I don't find things often that surprise me. And that's honestly what I'm looking for on the regular. And this didn't surprise you. No. Like, I just... I think, like, it... I've, one, seen a lot of movies, and we've talked about this before, oh. where, like, when you see enough movies, you just you just see patterns you know like you're just you're just more aware of where things can go and tropes and archetypes and all these things and so i 
feel like when I'm looking for, in general, any movie, but especially horror films or things that are supposed to shock and awe or surprise, I'm actively looking for something that does surprise me, does something unexpected, and I feel like I I very rarely find it. And so I often write things off for that reason. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm going to get us back onto track because I don't want to spend 20, 30 minutes of this podcast talking about Cabin in the Woods, which wasn't even on the original list. This is true. So anything else to add about Shaun of the Dead? Like, what are your feelings on that? Me me adding that to my list. Are you good with that one? I don't know that I would pick it as a Halloween top 10, but That's I fair. think it's a fun movie. Yeah. I think it's a good movie and it's very fun. It's funny. It's a fun movie. It's fun flick, fun plot. Simon Pegg is always great. Yeah. Like I, I love everyone in that movie. And I did not, I will say too, just one nugget before we move on. I did not expect to like that movie because yeah. I'm not a big like zombie person either, especially I find zombies to be very boring. Mm-hmm. Um, Like don't talk to me about World War Z. I can't. Um, but like, I didn't expect to like it and I liked it and I thought it was really enjoyable. So I get why it would be on a list. Okay. I don't know about a Halloween list. That's fair. Yeah. This is, it's another one where just, it's a, it's a great standalone film without all the like meta-ness and the references and Easter eggs. Uh, but then when you watch it as a fan of the genre and you see all the little nods to, hey, we know that we are stealing from a bunch of other people's subject matter. You got the, you know, the odes to or the homages to Romero and to Fulci and all these other directors. Uh, so yeah, I, I love Shaun of the Dead. I know I realized making my sort of top 10 that there's a lot of horror comedy and I guess that's just what makes something rewatchable for me is what I want to enjoy myself. I could throw something dark onto this list. That's just miserable and grueling. And there's a couple of those that we'll get to in a second. But like I, when it comes down to it, if it's something I'm going to watch every year, like I want to have a good time watching it. Mm. Yeah. See, I, and you'll find this in my film collection in general. I'm very light in the comedy department. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't like it when it's done well. I really do. But I think I have like really intense standards as to what is funny, which is funny in and of itself. How many of the Grown Ups movies do you have on Blu-ray? Zero. Did you oh. just say the Grown Ups? Yeah, Grown Ups. Like yeah, Adam no, Sandler. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I'll That's... get I'll get them for you for Christmas. No, thank you. <laughs> okay. Thanks, but no. Uh, return to sender. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not great with comedy. I will say I'm like an intellectual comedy kind of person, which mm-hmm. means that you, for the, some of you out here there, that means a snobby comedy. Um, and I think that's probably a fair assessment because like I don't slapstick shit doesn't make me laugh. Like just and that's another reason why I didn't think I was going to like Shaun of the Dead. There mm-hmm. are definitely ones like that I enjoy just comedy movies that I was surprised that I liked. Like A Wedding Crashers, for example, is not my typical. I thought that was super funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it it is very hit or miss for me with comedy. But when I find a good one, I do really, really love it. But when I look at Halloween stuff specifically, I'm definitely not looking for comedy. I'm like, looking for you like wanna creepy, be, yeah. psychological thriller, dark and twisty. Like that's the vibe. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're going to have very different lists, which is going to be fun. Uh, We have made our way through all four of what I would consider to be the family friendly slash child, you know, Halloween films that are on this list. So do you want to go ahead and we can move into some of the more grown up stuff? I think we should talk about the ones that we're not surprised are on here. 
Like the most, the ones we're not really going to argue over at all. Right, exactly. Because I think think there are a couple contenders on here too that were like, hmm, I don't know. But there's, or not even, I don't know, but just surprising. But there are some that are not super surprising. So I'll start with one. Okay. Which is uh, Scream does not surprise me being on here at number 10. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's weird that it's number 10 with the other ones we have mentioned. Mm -hmm. But I'm not surprised at all that it made the top 10. I think it is a classic. I don't think it's particularly arguable that it's a classic. It's a very different type of classic, I should Mm -hmm. say, because, of course, there's old horror classics, some of which I have on my list that we'll talk about later. But I I think it's a modern classic, probably best way to put it. It did a lot for the genre. It spawned... Revitalized the genre. Like, late 90s horror. It was basically this... Scream did it. The Sixth Sense and Blair Witch Project were the three that, like... 90s horror there was this gap in the early 90s where they were really struggling like all the popular characters from the 80s your michael myers your jason Voorhees, your freddy Krueger, were kind of struggling at this point and it needed a jolt in the arm and i think this film is part of what gave it i i totally agree i think it's something that like you said completely revitalized the genre and it was i don't know which one came out first but it was actually the same year as the craft Mm-hmm. And like, that's another one for me that is a quintessential Halloween film. And again, I don't know which one came first, but they both kind of made this effort to revitalize by having these, um, you know, people you could recognize in the story. These yeah. like teenagers or people who are supposed to be your contemporaries, supposed to be your age, right. right, in theory. And you can relate to the most, but put putting them in these really like alarming situations <laughs> and, and then running with it. But whereas when you look at like an older classic film, that was not always the case. Mm-hmm. There were there wasn't particularly a style in that way. It wasn't like accessible to contemporaries necessarily as far as being a story they could relate to versus hanging out with a bunch of your high school friends right. where somebody's out to murder you is like just close enough to possible, you know, yeah. to be creepy. And like you said, revitalize your genre, but also kick off this whole franchise. Um, that's still going today. That's still going today. We just mm-hmm. went and saw the most yeah. recent one and it was really good. So, and I do think well, we can go have a whole separate podcast about that where there was a dip in those. But I do think the first one does a lot for the genre. Very enjoyable. A rewatch for sure. Over, yeah. Maybe not every October, but I mean, like in general. I th- honestly, I think I'm a fan of all but one of the Scream films. I know they're not perfect, but I think every October you can count on me to watch at least one of them. Like I will mix them in. Typically, it'll be the first one just yeah. because it's so groundbreaking. The performances are incredible. You got Matthew Lillard just killing it. Even I Jamie mean, Kennedy before I he turned Matthew into like Lillard so much, but he but, does a great job. Does okay, great job. okay, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. No, I mean I just don't like love him as an actor. Yeah, but because he plays this twat. You know what I mean? Like he plays a very annoying yeah. fucking guy, and he does it one hundred percent of the time. So I have a. I'm sure he's a very nice man in real life, but like when people are typecasted, you have a very hard time not associating yeah. them with their typecast. Yeah. But, but so you've got, you know, Wes Craven revitalizing. Not that he needed it, but it's mm-hmm. like he hadn't done anything. I, I'm not going to say relevant, but nothing that had been mm-hmm. mainstream popular in probably like, I'm going to guess a decade or so at this point. I might be wrong, but it was cool to see him, you know, breathe fresh air into his career and put this out. And just I'm aware that this was not the first movie or first slasher even that had multiple killers like i I know that if you google it there's probably some other film where there was more than one killer but 
this threw like 12 year old Lamar for a fucking loop. Yeah. Of just, there can be more than one, yeah, more than one. murderer. Yeah. yeah. Well, so two nuggets here. One, I think it's, again, I think we agree totally it's a classic. Also, like, if you didn't have a crush on Skeet Ulrich in the 90s, like, what were you doing <laughs> with your life? Because he w- and he was in both of those, by the way, that I mentioned. He was in Scream and in Cra- The Craft. I was forgetting oh. about that. Um, so- he was also in, a like, a, a heist movie that took place in an ice cream truck, but I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> but you fuck? Google it. Skeet Ulrich. I'll, I'll give you a dollar if I'm wrong. I was but gonna he say, was now in, we're gonna Google Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. Skeet Ulrich ice, ice cream truck movie. Jesus. So... But yeah, so like he's a great, you know, he's a great uh, 90s actor that we love to love. And then these movies are great for sure. Um, But you said something where like through the lens of 12 year old Lamar, this was very shocking. Yeah, And I think. I think we should probably hearken back. Maybe I should have done this at the beginning to the reason why young Mackenzie is not alarmed at most of these things. Your girl went to a quote unquote daycare. And I say that with uh, a lot of a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, generosity went to a daycare that I was when I was very young where the person who ran the daycare was the grandparent of a bunch of people at the daycare so you know grandkids are different with their grandparents right yeah and this was their house and so we would sneak into the grandma's room and watch her movies which were all horror movies all of them she's got good taste she's got great taste but i was also five so like my first encounter with horror flicks was five years old Freddy Krueger. Okay. It. Candyman. <laughs> like, I saw some dark and twisty shit yeah. at a very young age. And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my parents for a long time. I didn't. It took forever for my parents to find out that this was happening. Yeah. Um, and I had already seen all the Freddy Kruegers. I had already seen it i had already seen candy man i'd seen a bunch of stephen king shit i'd seen so i just have a i have a very high tolerance from a very young age so it's funny because i actually my first and i still remember to this day my first you know encounter with what i would consider to be horror and it wasn't as blatant as yours where you're literally watching horror movies but when i was five years old um this might have been a couple years after the fact but Michael Jackson's Thriller music mm-hmm. video was still playing on like I don't know if it was MTV or what but anyway I would force my nana my grandma to play that for me every time I went over to her so house good. despite scaring me and I knew that it would frighten me I loved it so I think that was Vincent my first Price. taste of oh, it I can't yeah. <laughs> I can't I love it but maybe that's like why I've loved spooky stuff from such a young age like it, it didn't particularly scare me yeah I, I liked it yeah i mean the one that did get me i will say and and we'll talk about this in a little bit is it the original uh-huh. it fucked me up tim curry kid. tim curry is a genius yeah genius respect love that man um and it but that one definitely fucked me up as a kid that's one of the ones that like kind of gave me a clown phobia as many people do but gave me a clown phobia for a very long time well now tim curry's got like two shout outs on this podcast because you just called him a genius and he got to kick halloween town's ass ass on my list because he's brilliant also like let's talk about clue anyway he's incredible (laughs) we love him but yeah i was creeped out from a very young age by that and I think that sort of, yeah, changed the game for me a little bit and made me like really into this kind of stuff, to be honest. But um, just a really quick update here for you. I got some late breaking news. Uh, Tim Mason, in parentheses, Skeet Ulrich, and the driver of a stolen ice cream truck, Arlo, 
parentheses, Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr., get tangled up in a plot which they must keep a chemical weapon from blowing up and killing millions of people. Audience reviews for Chill Factor. Oh so go ahead and watch Chill Factor. Add it to your October Halloween playlist. I want to know, do you have the rating for Chill Factor? Uh, it is a 5.2 out of 10, which is better than I would have thought, honestly, on IMDb. Uh, if you Google, is Chill Factor a good movie? Critical reception. The film generally received negative reviews. Uh, it has an approval rating of 10% based on 79 wow, reviews. Average rating of 3.6 on Rotten Tomatoes. But that's not a reputable website. So, oh, you know. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. All right. Well, them's fighting words. But I can't wait to watch that gem. Yes. Uh, moving right along. But let's keep talking. I want to talk a little more about Scream. Okay. I feel like we are... I don't think we should we go in a whole I feel like Scream is like it's one of the easy ones like we know it's good if I were doing my person like if I took my personal top 10 and actually put them in order which I didn't for the purpose of this podcast because we're discussing them out of order Scream would be in my personal top looking now looking now it might be number one it's definitely in the top three because mm. that movie, I can I can rewatch it like nonstop. I know what's gonna happen, but it's just right. such a fun film. I think it's really good. Yeah. I totally agree. I don't think it would be number one for me. It would definitely be in the top ten, though. Yeah, for sure, be in the top ten. I again, I didn't do the order for this podcast either, but I think it would definitely be in the top ten. But I say that with a very long list of ones that did not make this list, right. including The Craft, for example, mm-hmm. which is similar era, similar vibes. It, but I think groundbreaking in a very different way yeah uh and i love loved the craft and i learned recently about two people i care about deeply who haven't seen it so if you haven't seen it i'm really upset with you go watch it it's yeah. so good we don't need to spend a ton of time yeah we're not here. going to because you didn't put it on your list it's on my replacement <laughs> list which we have been talking about so in case so. one of your other movies gets like injured the craft can jump off the bench and Listen, like come. it's on my list, my top ten list. Oh, it is on your top list. ten list. The craft is. For oh, sure. okay. Mm-hmm. Then I take back my initial okay. response. I thought you were saying, oh, it's not on my list. No, no, no. It's but... not on this list. Let me rephrase because this is not my list. It's not on the CBS. How deep are you? List. Did you finish your first class? I finished mine. Did you finish I, yours? I or... have fin- basically finished. Mm-hmm. Mine. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, Just yeah, checking. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I have. My list, it is definitely on, but I haven't. The reason I asterisk that is that I don't even know if mine is 10. Mine might be 15, but well, that's it's not, definitely on the those list. Those aren't the rules. I didn't put them in order, <laughs> like we said. But, but okay, but so let me hear more about what you love about the craft and why people who haven't seen it should watch it then. Uh, I think the craft is, uh, it's a good, like, it's like a chick flick without being a chick flick you know what i mean like the typical chick flick it's like a 90s girls movie but like with a dark twist and those were my people back in the day you know what i mean like i just i didn't want to watch i mean i i of course loved lots of 90s movies you know she's all that she drive me crazy like some of these cheesy with the typical the prototypical popular girl and blah 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 yeah this like turned that on its head made it edgier made it darker made it stuff that that was interesting to these women these girls which is very different it was yeah. like witchy and spells and spookiness and edginess and individuality mm-hmm. and those were the things that i really identified with and still identify with yeah. i don't find some of the prototypical like interesting stuff by default engaging or something i want to watch all the time and um <clears throat> i watched this and i thought these are people that 
are not your normies, not people that everyone likes, not the typical movie lead or story lead. You've got some some uh, edgy or loser-ish type of characters leading a story. This and of course feels... they grow over the course of the movie and they don't stay that way. Yeah. But that's part of like their growth and part of what's enjoyable about watching it. This to me feels like almost like the antithesis or like a response to Clueless. It was yeah. like Clueless was like these very this very lighthearted, bright film. Also a fun, really great film. Incredible. Like, yes. Yeah. But this yeah. felt like a response to that. But this felt like a response to that of like, let's take that and like show the other side of the coin of it almost feels like two different Jane Austen. Let's do Edgar Allan Poe. You know what I mean? Like, and I totally and I support the shit of that. And I'm a lit nerd, so I'm going to make book parallels and obviously Clueless is Emma. But I just mean like I I loved an Edgar Allan Poe is what I'm saying. Okay, I wanted to read an Edgar Allan Poe when I was a kid. And I definitely read a Jane Austen. But I also read the shit out of an Edgar Allan Poe, you know, and I love a Sherlock Holmes and a mystery Mm -hmm. and a dark and a twisty and whatever. So that's just so my vibe. And so this was one of the first ones that kind of made that heroic, made that interesting, made that a lead character, not like a side character. Not only was it a lead character, it was several lead characters. And then the effects are cool. Some of the trippiest shit happens in that movie for kind of back then, like some of the effects in the house and what she does to her hair and like the spiders and the snakes and all these cool effects that I think, again, just made it groundbreaking in its own right. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I almost feel like this and Clueless are like two completely different Breakfast Club characters. They they (laughs) are. And like, again, we could have a whole conversation about that because like I never... I until you said that just now, I hadn't even thought about them as two sides of the same coin, but I think they really yeah. kind of are. And yeah. I think they appeal to you both, but for different reasons. Right. Um, and yeah, so I, I the craft would definitely be on my list. And uh, and I actually haven't watched it yet this month, but it is in the pile of movies over there ready to watch. So I'm ready. Awesome. All right. So totally get where you're coming from on the craft. Uh, I have not seen that movie in probably a couple decades now. I do mean to rewatch it. I remember fond feelings of it. So we'll definitely check it out. How do you feel about wrapping this first half episode up? We've gotten through five so far. So for those of you keeping track at home, we talked about Halloween Town, The Witches, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and Scream. And you want to put a bow on this one, and then we'll yeah. be back in a week. I feel like uh, we we meant to lead with this actually that we were we were, were pretty sure this was going to be a two parter, and and here we are for sure at uh, needing to make take a break. So we're gonna have a, a belated Halloween surprise for you down the road. So we'll do part two of this one, finish out our list. You just ruined the surprise. You said it was a surprise, and then you told him exactly what it was. For somebody who likes Halloween and they're Christmas, gonna, you're doing a bad job. They're gonna be very upset when there's when we're not done. So uh, you know, I just want to be I want to be real with you. I I always hate when I'm left hanging. So for now, uh, tonight, you know, go have a drink and watch a thing. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. See you next week.